You're listening to the Word of Hope, sermons preached at Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Today's preacher is Pastor Brian Flammy. In the name of Jesus, Amen. Amen. Dear Saints, the sermon this morning is about suffering. Now that might seem a bit odd, especially since we're in the season of Easter. Easter is supposed to be a season of Christian joy and happiness, of jubilation, of singing and shouting out, right? And yet, our Christian joy is not this emotional joy that most people think about in the world. Christian joy is not the emotional high that you get when you're singing your favorite hymn or when you're listening to the pleasant tones of your, of your pastor. Um, no, Christian joy is joy in the face of death, is joy that sustains in the midst of sin, and it is joy that, that endures despite pain. That's why on this third Sunday after Easter morning, we return to the moments before Jesus' arrest and his betrayal on Monday, Thursday, to hear his preaching in that moment, in that dark moment, to hear his preaching in that moment about joy. Jesus would give to his disciples comfort. Comfort despite the fact that Jesus would be taken from their eyes. Jesus wanted them to be sustained, to find strength, even as he himself would be judged, handed over, whipped, bleed, and die. Jesus gives his disciples his promise to sustain them in joy, despite suffering and sorrow. In this, in this text, we can find and identify three crosses. First of all, Jesus is speaking about his own cross. Jesus says, A little while, and you will see me no longer. And again, a little while, and you will see me. What is Jesus talking about? Quite literally, the little while of Jesus being removed from the sight of his disciples by his arrest and betrayal. The time is quickly coming for Jesus to be removed from his disciples when he alone suffers the mockery and the whips, the nails, the thorns, and even the cross. Jesus is speaking about the little while of his burial after his death. For three days, Jesus is saying, you will not see me. I will be in the ground. And because of this, you will be sorrowful. And you will lament. The world, on the other hand, rejoices. Why? Because the leaders of the Jews have finally thought that they have done away with their foe. Pilate and the Gentiles also will rejoice because they will think that by Jesus' death they have avoided a political crisis in Judea. 
Holy Saturday must have been a very happy occasion for just about everybody, except for those men who follow Jesus, who learn from him, and the women also who listened to Jesus' voice and were used to ministering to him. Jesus says, a little while and you will not see me. And then again, a little while and you will see me. Jesus tells his disciples that the earth, the grave, they will not hold me. Death cannot overcome me. I will overcome death. I will defeat the grave by my life. Jesus is not speaking in a mysterious way. In fact, Jesus is speaking very literally about his death and his resurrection. Which is good for us to know that when Jesus speaks about his cross, even before his passion, it's not as if he is speaking in riddles to the disciples, right? He says plainly that it is necessary for the Son of Man to be to be betrayed, to be arrested, to be handed over to the Gentiles, to be whipped and scourged, to suffer, to die, and then on the third day to rise again. He preached this often to his disciples. It's clear. He made it crystal clear. And yet, how did the disciples receive this word? They doubted. They thought this can't be literally what Jesus means. This has to be some sort of mystery or, or riddle. They doubted because they would rather hear the words of Jesus through the lens of their own experience, through the weakness of their flesh, and through the distortions of the devil. You see, our experience tells us that it's impossible. If Jesus is, is truly God's Son, which is the confession that they were coming to make with their mouths. If Jesus is truly God's Son, it's impossible for him to literally suffer, right? God is impassable. God does not undergo things like whips and thorns and nails and death. It seems like a contradiction in terms. So also, experience tells us, and the devil also wants us to believe, that once something is consumed by the grave and by death, it remains there. Death has won. That's the end. This is really where the hearts of the disciples were whenever Jesus was speaking about his cross, whenever he was speaking about his resurrection. Jesus spoke clearly, and yet because of the weakness of their flesh, they could only hear Jesus speaking as if he was revealing Mysterious things and riddles. <laughs> Jesus also preached to them and taught them clearly the effect of his cross and his resurrection. Jesus says that <laughs> the Son of Man must be lifted up. That is, he must be lifted up upon the cross that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Jesus says the Son of Man came to give his life as a ransom for many. 
Jesus would fill the ears and the hearts of his disciples and his hearers, not with just the outward suffering of a man upon an instrument of torture. Jesus desires to give them Christian faith and hope. That his suffering isn't merely physical, but in fact it is a suffering that atones and washes away the sins of the whole world. It is a ransom, a payment to be made that you and I, by dying and suffering God's wrath, could never, could never satisfy our, by our own strength or power. This is the payment that Jesus makes upon his cross. And not only that, Jesus says that by making this payment of his precious blood and with his death, that he also gives to us Eternal life by faith. The preaching is crystal clear. There is no mistaking what Jesus means. And yet Jesus knows that his disciples, despite the clarity of his words, they are weak. This is the cross of the apostles during Jesus' rest in the tomb, the second cross. It's not like the cross of Jesus... His sufferings atones for the sin of the whole world. Their suffering, their suffering comes because, because Jesus suffers. Because they did not grasp by faith Jesus' words of promise. Jesus told them that you are like you are going to be like a woman who is in labor. A woman when her hour has come her eyes and her ears and her senses are full and consumed by the pain and the anxiety that has overtaken her, right? Jesus says that in the same way as a woman is overtaken by the pains of labor so it shall be for you. But then Jesus says it will not last. There will be joy that follows sorrow. The joy of seeing Jesus again in his resurrected flesh. In the moment when Jesus appears to his disciples, he teaches them that there is such thing in this world For those of us who have faith in Christ and his death and his resurrection, there is such a thing as suffering and cross and sorrow and yet lasting and living joy at the same time. That even though the disciples were overcome by sorrow, yet their joy was still set before them. Even if they had trouble believing in it, even if they had trouble grasping Jesus' meaning of his words, still... Jesus wants them to know that their joy was secure and complete. Why? Because as Jesus promised that he would suffer for the sins of the world, and as Jesus promised that he would be raised on the third day to give eternal life to all who believe in him, so he would do it and make it come to pass. It would be not a spiritual reality, a mystery of some sort. No, it would become a historical fact. 
From that moment, from the moment that the disciples laid their eyes upon the risen Christ, from the moment that their hands touched the living body of Jesus risen from the tomb, from the moment that they heard his voice once again, the disciples would suffer. Of course they would suffer. Imprisonments, beatings, even martyrdom, tortures, and the cross. And yet, they endured all of it with exceeding and Christian joy, knowing that though they suffer but for a while, there is set before them the crown of everlasting life. Because their Lord lives. Because Jesus has overcome the grave. That is Christian joy. And that is how you are to live underneath the cross and sufferings as well. In this world, you are attacked and assaulted by the weakness of your own flesh that has trouble believing what Jesus says. You're attacked by the lies of the devil who says that it is not possible for God to suffer for the sins of the world. And it's not possible for there to be life that comes out of the grave. You're attacked by the world that that has learned its lesson well from the devil and its own flesh. We're beset on every side by disease, by those who hate us, who mock us for our faith. And yet our joy is complete. We don't suffer as those who know nothing of life that comes after death. We don't suffer as those who doubt the mercy and the goodness of God, right? Because think about it. If all I knew was suffering apart from the cross of Jesus and apart from his, from his atoning death, then suffering can only be a testimony against me that suffering can only be a testimony against God's love and kindness also for everything and anybody else. That's why suffering from the point of view from the world is that one thing that must be avoided at all costs. But we Christians know better. We know a suffering that ends in blessedness, even as Christ's own suffering ended in the salvation of the whole world. And as his suffering ended in, in the hope of our everlasting life. So, dear saints, I implore you to not suffer as the unbelievers do, without hope and without peace and without comfort, but rather to hear these words of Jesus and to believe them. Jesus lives. He has ascended to God the Father which means that any time that you feel pain and discomfort, every time that you are mocked, every time that you are hated, every time that you are driven underneath the feet of others, it is not because God hates you. It is not because you are not loved by God. It can only be for your good and for your benefit. Jesus has suffered the penalty of the world's sin. All of it. All of it. Which means that when you suffer, even though our eyes are testifying against 
God's goodness, yet we by faith believe that God is still gracious and kind and good. Why? Because how can he who gave his own son into death, how can he then withhold from us any good thing? And so let us always hear of Jesus' sufferings and his cross and his death and his resurrection with faith knowing that what is set before us is not the oblivion of the grave, but the resurrection unto eternal life, even as our Lord is risen from the dead and lives and reigns with the Father to eternity. Amen. Amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope. We hope your time with us was one of joy and peace in hearing the Lord's Word and kindness. If you have questions about anything you heard on today's broadcast, please don't hesitate to contact us at office at hope-aurora.org or call the office at 303-364-7416. For more information about our congregation, for locations, service time, and schedule, please visit our website at www.hope-aurora.org. Thank you for listening to The Word of Hope.